Welcome to Commission Ed, the Air Force Officer Podcast. Here we explore the training and development of America's leaders in the application of air power and the profession of arms. The views expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the official policy or position of the United States Air Force, Department of Defense, or the U.S. government. The mention of companies by name is solely for the purpose of discussion and should not be implied as endorsement. Welcome back to another episode of Commission Ed, the Air Force Officer Podcast. I'm Colin Slade, and happy Thanksgiving. This is a special episode that I am excited to share with you all because you get to hear from my wife, Amy. We sat down the other night and had a conversation reminiscing about our time in the Air Force, her experiences specifically of being a military spouse and what it's been like for her as she has been part of my career, but also what her growth and her development has been like and how she's handled the times that I've been gone especially some of these times that I've been gone around Thanksgiving. She shares some really great insights here that I'm excited to share with you all and hope that you can use some of the information that's here as you sit around the Thanksgiving dinner table with hopefully some of your loved ones and get to talking about the Air Force or your family relationships or the things that matter most to you or bring you value. With that, let's turn it over to Amy Slade. Yes, you do have a very nice backside. Well, thank you. I'm going to lead <laughs> the opening of the show with that, by the way. Or is it that you didn't want to be facing me because you didn't want to look at my mustache? For it's the, the mustache. Your backside is better looking than your mustache. Well, that I can understand. I'm not exactly a fan of my mustache, but it, after all, it is November. It is. I just look forward to December every year, but especially this one. <laughs> All right. Well, Amy Slade, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? Good. Yeah? Just getting ready for Thanksgiving and Christmas because the year 2020 deserves an extra long Christmas. Yeah. We already have all of our Christmas decorations up. All of them. All six trees. Yeah. Yes to that. We have six Christmas trees in our house. But what's okay about that is how much have we spent on those Christmas trees? Probably at most, what, did we, 70 bucks yes, maybe? Yes, something like that. And though these are not miniature trees where you you spend you know $12 or something to to get the tree. No, these are full-size trees, most of which we have inherited for free from friends and family. And why is it that we collect these Christmas trees? I just have the dream of a Christmas tree in every room, and it's coming true. Well, some of the these rooms in our house have multiple Christmas trees, so... Yes, we do have a forest in our family room, because I thought, again, with the year of 2020, we deserved extra joy. Yeah. 2020 has been pretty rough. I agree. And if you have six Christmas trees, why not build a forest if you have the room? <laughs> D- 
Do we have the room? That's what I'm still trying to figure out. We made the room. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't complain too much about the Christmas trees. I think they are great. And I get to see the joy that they bring you. And so that brings me joy. Well, Amy, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Uh, Reed and I have been at this for just over a year now. And you've been able to witness it from the sidelines. But this is your first appearance and wanted to uh, take the opportunity around this holiday time uh, to reflect a little bit more on what uh, your experience has been as you've watched my career and participated in my career as an Air Force officer over the last 10 years. Wanted to share a little bit of your experience, if you wouldn't mind, with the audience so that they can, they hear from me all the time, right? But I don't wear this uniform by myself. It is something that you participate fully in and wanted to give uh, the audience your perspective on what it's like being in the Air Force and using this holiday time period, Thanksgiving coming up very soon and Christmas shortly thereafter uh, to talk a little bit about some of the joys and the struggles that have come with being a spouse to an Air Force officer. But before we get into all of that, let's have you introduce yourself a little bit to the audience. Who are you? Where are you from? What has been your uh, connection uh, to the Air Force? If you had one before meeting me, what or your perspective on how we got into the, the Air Force? What do you remember about Air Force ROTC? <laughs> all of those kinds of things. <laughs> uh, she laughs. <laughs> So over to you, Amy, to uh, introduce yourself a little bit more. Okay. Hello, my name is Amy Slade. I am married to to the Colin Slade. <laughs> yes. Of the Commission Ed podcast. <laughs> so I grew up in Draper, Utah. I didn't really have any connections to the Air Force before really meeting you. The only real connections I had to anything remotely related was my uncle who worked state department for actually, I think he just barely officially retired and he's lived all over the world. He's been to like 130 countries and he and his wife were living in Egypt when I was like nine. And that's why we were able to go to Cairo. And I just remember that specifically being the first introduction of, oh, look at this cool thing that people get to do when they work for the government kind of idea. The next introduction was meeting you and dating you and having a little bit of insight into ROTC. It was a little odd. <laughs> ROTC is a little odd. <laughs> Being on the side now of many years down the road and having you work there as as a professor instructor my idea has changed a lot and so I understand a lot more about why it was a little odd it was a little odd because it was run by cadets and cadets don't actually know what the air force is like and so they're going to make up some stuff that is not completely accurate but I will say that when I was dating you, it was something that I thought about often was thinking, 
he's doing ROTC. That means that if this ever worked out, we would be doing military. I would be a military wife. And I didn't know what that meant because, you know, I had no frame of reference. So it was a bit of a hesitation. It was meant to be. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I agree with you as meant to be, but how many times did you break up with me before... Wasn't it only like three? <laughs> yes. Okay. Question mark. <laughs> yes. It was three times that you broke up with me. and Over w- two years. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one of those times was while I was at field training for Air Force ROTC. You sent me a letter that said, I need to be done. Yeah. And you came home bald. That's awful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if the mustache is bad, you bald is worse. Like so much worse. Okay. Let's <laughs> clarify that for the audience. I did not shave my head while at Air Force ROTC <laughs> field training. Though I very well could have done that. No. I came home and it was... I don't know, a dare or something among my roommates or whatever that we were going to shave our heads bald. And yes, (laughs) the next time you saw me after breaking up with me, I was bald, completely shaven, shaving cream, bicked, completely (laughs) Jean-Luc Picard bald. It was not attractive. (laughs) Jean-Luc Picard can pull it off. (laughs) Mr. Clean can pull it off like you cannot so I'm glad you have a mustache (laughs) with a full head of hair yes so our dating experience was rough at best (laughs) but we managed to figure it out and ROTC was a big part of that you got to see me while we were dating and then after we got married we were still in college so still in ROTC at that point and you got to see all the things that I was involved in you got to go to dining out get all dressed up and see the antics of the grog and the different things that people had to do on their way up to the grog (laughs) you also got to see my frustrations with ROTC especially the times where I personally was not making good decisions with what I was doing in ROTC and how that turned into some repercussions you know some consequences for my poor decisions you also got to see me excel in some ways bottom line is you got to see me grow from who I was when you met me and that was my during my sophomore year, right? And then over the course of those years, dating and then being married, you got to see me grow into and receive my commission as an Air Force officer. Yeah. I have to say that being in the Air Force is so much better than what ROTC was. ROTC was what it's supposed to be, a learning experience. The years that we've spent in the Air Force have been much, much more fun, I guess. Much more understandable and not confusing. Maybe it was because we had the ROTC experience that we felt that 
Air Force was so much better. <laughs> yeah. ROTC helped to help us uh, you know, set our expectations low. <laughs> no, but there are a lot of things that I feel like we've been very blessed to be a part of the Air Force. The places that we have gotten to live, being in Virginia, we've made some friends and that have remained with us since then. And the Air Force is pretty small. I think that's probably a saying you've already said, but the Air Force is pretty small. You're going to run into people multiple times throughout your career. And so the friends that we've made both in the Air Force and out of the Air Force have been a great blessing. And I think that's one of the things that I've been reflecting about our time in the Air Force and thinking about the friendships and the community building that happens. And I think that's one of the strengths of military life in general is that they do have a support system almost built into it because of the nature of being in the military and being an officer is that you're going to move. And so everywhere you go, there's like a spouses and sweethearts community to support those partners that are part of the Air Force, but not officially wearing a uniform. And I think that was the thing that can truly help anyone. All of the stresses that come from being in the military is having a support system. And we had that in the friends that we've made. We had a really good group of friends, all of you lieutenants and their wives and partners. And I still talk often with friends that we met through the military. Yeah. So not only have you come to appreciate the Air Force much more, you know, with experience comes uh, that knowledge and understanding and appreciation for what the Air Force is far more than what you had for, uh, with ROTC. Um, yes. <laughs> but what are some of the things that uh, stick out in your mind uh, beyond the friends that you've made, the places that you've been able to go and see and experience? What are some of the things that you personally have been able to do or ways that you've grown or become the person? You know, how have you become the person that you are because of the time that you've spent in the Air Force? I think it's helped me become a more empathetic person in that there are hard things that you go through and good things that you go through. But there's such a wide variety of experiences that especially we have had that I feel like in talking with anyone inside and outside of the Air Force, I can empathize and and recognize that the the experiences that we went through are not singular, that other people are going through the same things. And so in that way, I can empathize and perhaps provide support for other people who are going through things. Like just for example, like I have friends who maybe their husbands or partners go on trips for anywhere from six days to two weeks or something like that. And they always are like, oh, I shouldn't be complaining to you because you've done the whole deployment thing. And I'm like, guess what? Whether it is six days or six weeks or six months, it is still so hard. And you still go through all of the same phases of stress before they leave. And then your partner leaves and you have to figure out your new normal while they're gone. 
and you go through the phase of whether time moves slowly or fast. And there's like the middle period where you're just wanting to die because it's so hard doing what you're doing alone. And then they come back and you get angry because they throw your whole schedule off that you had just worked however long to develop. And all of a sudden they're back and you're angry and you feel guilty because you're angry because you want them to be home, but you're angry because they're throwing off this whole groove. You threw off my groove. <laughs> and I regularly throw off your groove. I'm, I'm, I'm really <laughs> quite good at that actually. But I think that happens whether you're gone, whether someone has gone for, whether a partner has gone for six days or six months, it's the same essentially the time obviously is different, but all of the emotional and like intellectual physiological experience of having a partner gone and trying to figure out a status quo to live through is the same. But with you being gone, that first deployment, I was just remembering that there were actually a lot of things that I did while you were gone. I did a lot of things. We packed up our home and I came back to spend time with family in Utah. And then I went on tour. I totally forgot. I went on a dance tour and we went to Florida and the Dominican Republic and Haiti. And then after that, like I was project manager for all of the renovations that my mom and dad were doing on their house. And then I spent two months, three months with my parents in England. So they were serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in England, just outside of London. And I got to go live with them and travel around England for a few months. That's where I was for that Thanksgiving. You were gone from June to December-ish. Mm -hmm. And... This is in 2013? Yeah, and I had Thanksgiving in, in England, you know, where they don't celebrate Thanksgiving, <laughs> which is just fine. <laughs> but we celebrated it because there was a lot of Americans yeah. there at the time. I made all the pies. You usually do. I like to make pies. But I will say, there was an English man who said that I made the best mincemeat pie that he'd ever had. And it was the first time I'd ever made a mincemeat. And I think probably the last. <laughs> it's really good. It's yeah. really good. It's just... It's not you know, a norm. It's not a norm here. We make the pumpkin and the apple and the whatever else. Yeah. So this is all to say that when I was gone, you took full advantage of <laughs> being untethered. Yeah, well, at that time, I we didn't have kids, and I was done with my degree. I didn't have a job, so I just ran around and did whatever I wanted. <laughs> done with your bachelor's, but also... Also with my master's. You're, you're done with your master's, because in that time period that we were there in D.C. and Virginia f from 2011 when we commissioned and went into the Air Force you decided to you know, start working on a master's degree. And so you finished that master's during that time. And then I deployed and you didn't have anything you know, really to. Nothing really keeping me in one place. Yeah, so you're like, 
Oh, I also presented. So I went on tour. And before I went to London, after the project management, I went to Boston for a folklore conference where I presented a paper based on my thesis. And What was your thesis? My thesis was all about the history of clogging and its spread outside of the Appalachian Mountains. And this is not clogging as in like clogging the toilet, right? I have to clarify for my audience. I know know what you're talking about. It's sad that you have to clarify (laughs) because that would be quite the thesis to talk about how clogging expanded from the Appalachian Mountains. Um, Almost as exciting as the the optimum size of reflective road beads in, in the paint, right? Yep. Okay. Which is another master's thesis. (laughs) Thankfully, not one that I had to do, but is one that one of our friends in the Air Force had to do. And I just remember it only because it sounds so, like, narrowly focused and entirely boring to my humanities art-centered mind. Well, he was an engineer, and he hated it, too. So Yeah, well, he had to get it somehow. But the point of this is that (laughs) you did a master's. I did a master's. We didn't have kids yet. I was leaving. And so you said, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this time to focus on you and go do some really fun things. I did. Spend all the money that I made during that deployment. (laughs) I didn't spend all that money. Just a little bit. I was living with family. I didn't pay rent. It was just plane tickets. Really? It was a lot of plane tickets. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, so that was one of our Thanksgivings in the Air Force, but I want to talk about another one, um, our first Thanksgiving in the Air Force. If you remember, in 2011, we had just left Utah and moved to Washington, D.C., and it was the first time that we'd ever lived as a married couple outside of Utah. It was our first assignment in the Air Force. We had just found an apartment that we loved and in an area that we loved. Uh, Everything was going really good. We were having a great time. And it was then our first Thanksgiving away where it was just us, except that it wasn't just us. Yeah. Again, my parents, they had moved out to be just outside D.C. and Virginia as well. And... They were, again, serving a different mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And they happened to be going the exact same place we were. It happened to be a good thing because we moved out there and all of a sudden you had to go do a training in Ohio. Yeah, so I was starting my degree and we had just barely moved and all of a sudden you were gone. But you came back just before Thanksgiving? No, I came back for Thanksgiving. Oh, and then you left And again. then I left again. That sounds crappy. It was. Well, Thanksgiving was really nice, though. We went a little crazy. Yeah. With all the food. First time we ever made a turkey. Yeah, we brined it in that bucket in mm-hmm. the kitchen. Yeah. It was a good turkey with lots of pies. <laughs> of course. Because <laughs> that's my thing, evidently. Yeah, that was an interesting time where I was away for training, but they gave us the you know the, the time off from training from school to go do Thanksgiving. And so I I drove back from Ohio, the the 7-hour drive or whatever to be there for 2 days. And then I drove back. And then I drove back again. 
for another three weeks or something. Country seems a lot smaller when, one, you don't have kids to drive with, and two, you have to drive long ways to see family. Seven hours sounds like torture with children, but alone, it sounds like a dream. (laughs) You know how many books we could listen to? Yeah. And you're saying that now because how many kids do we have? We have three boys and they are amazingly awesome and wonderful and drive me crazy. Yeah. Today was pretty rough. Mm. Yes. (laughs) And you're just thinking, yeah, it was a normal day. (laughs) Yeah, it was a normal day. So I have spent a lot of time away over the the course of our time in the military. If you add it all up over almost 10 years now, in nine and a half years since I commissioned over the course of that time, I've probably spent almost two years of that away. Yeah. How do you handle that? (laughs) Obviously one way is to just, (laughs) (laughs) one way is to just go and, uh, just run away gallivant (laughs) run away gallivant around the world spend all the money but obviously can't always do that we have kids now and sometimes i still leave and will have to leave again like right now we're anticipating that i'm going to be gone for another six months sometime here in the near future what's your process how do you gear up for the the time apart how do you handle the time that that i'm gone Well, it consists of lots of anxiety leading up to it, lots of cookies made while you're gone, and lots of excitement that you're coming back, coupled with the anger when you do come back. Okay, so, no, not really. Um, You can say that you get angry (laughs) at me. No, I... got nothing to hide here. No, but it is a process that I go through every time you're gone. Whether it's, again, whether it's a week or six weeks or six months, especially with kids. Yeah. I don't know that I particularly handle any of the absences very well. It helped that the first time that I wasn't tied down to any particular place and could just do all the things that I wanted to do almost on a whim. The second time you deployed was right after our first son was born and he was five months old when you left. And we knew at that point that when you got back, we were going to be getting out of active duty. So at least that time I took the baby and came and spent the time with my family so that I could have that support, which was really helpful at the time. So I think that's what possibly is the thing that has helped me is being by family the most. And I know that's not possible for everyone, but I've been really grateful that every time you have been gone, I have been able to be by sisters, by my parents, by your sisters. And I've been able to have them as a support. Yeah. I think what you're bringing up is a really important thing. We've already talked about how I'm not the only one who is in the Air Force. You are. 
that it affects you every bit as much as it affects me, but it also affects our extended family. Yeah. That every time I go, and even times when I'm not gone, there are ways that the Air Force will have an impact on your parents, on your sisters, on their spouses and kids. You know, this is a full family affair. And we, I think we're aware of that. If we're not, we need to be. And, you know, it's almost Thanksgiving, so great time for us to reflect on things that we're grateful for. But I am incredibly grateful for your family, for your parents, for the amazing people that they are, for their support, their patriotism, their willingness to help out with you and our boys. And any time that I'm gone, you know, they are right there to lend a hand and support. The same with your, your sisters and their families. They've always been very supportive of me and you and our family and what we're trying to do with the Air Force. And I think the same is true uh, for uh, my family as well, that, you know, if the situation called for it, they would definitely step up and help, but we haven't had to rely on them the same that we have for your family. Yeah. There are a lot of things that because of our experience in the Air Force, I find that I'm very thankful for the support of family and I'm thankful for the times that we do get to spend with our families. I'm incredibly grateful for the time that we have been able to live away from family. I think that helps us recognize the blessing it is to be near family and that support. Other things I'm grateful for. The healthcare has been literally life-saving and finance-saving because two of our three boys have needed to be in the NICU right after being born. And so it's saved us in that way. It's also helped us a lot with diabetes, with being able to manage the cost of keeping a child alive with type 1 diabetes. That is an immense load that we don't have to carry because of our time in the Air Force. TRICARE, it's a big blessing. It is. So what are some things that, other than healthcare, other than the great experiences, the people you met, what are some other highlights uh, from your time in the Air Force that you want to share with the audience? It has been a really great last three years of you working as the ROTC instructor because you loved that job so much. And so it was really great. I think especially because we had the contrast of the academic advisor job that you were really struggling with. And all of a sudden you start this other job of being back active duty temporarily, teaching at our OTC, and you loved it. I just felt like not only you loving your job, it probably made work a whole lot more fun and enjoyable and desirable and probably 
brought you more value, but I feel like it affected our home and our family life as well, that we could feel that it was something that you loved and that brought you value. And I think it takes a lot of time and effort for you to do this podcast, but it, it's been enjoyable to watch you work on this and talk to so many people and share what you and others have learned about leadership and about just life in general in the Air Force as an officer. And that has been a highlight as well. And I look forward to what you're going to be doing with the reserves because I think you seem really excited and it's going to be a great opportunity. Yeah, we'll have some time apart, but I think ultimately it's going to help you in all aspects of what you're doing right now, either with the podcast, in your normal job. It brings you value and that brings value to our family because we are a unit and it takes all of us. Yeah. I've said on this podcast before, I don't know if you've, you and I have ever had this conversation, but I feel, feel very strongly that my being an officer makes me a better father and a better husband and being a husband and a father makes me a better officer. Would you agree with that? What would you say to that statement? I think it's true. Probably again, because of the experiences of the last like four or five years specifically in seeing you grow as a father and seeing our family grow and having the experience of being out of the Air Force as well as back in the times where you feel a sense of purpose and a sense of more leadership and probably challenge as well is the times that you actually are more engaged as a father and more supportive and maybe not more, but maybe more. I don't know. Maybe it it accentuates it. Maybe it does. But yeah, I would agree with that statement. Could you say something similar for yourself that being a military spouse, being a military wife, having had these experiences in the air force, that it has made you a better wife, a better mother, and that being a wife and a mother makes you better for the air force. Yeah. I think it's probably true for both of us. Just because the experiences that are inherently a part of being in the military, you you have to learn the leadership. You have to learn the empathy. You have to learn how to deal with a variety of experiences and a variety of people. I think that especially helps in a family situation where everyone has different personalities. Every one of our children has a different personality. And if you can rely on the experiences you have outside of being a parent. I don't know what I'm saying, but yeah. Yeah. I think because of all the people that you have met and had to deal with the wide variety of personalities that we've come into contact with, 
while in the Air Force. It better prepares you for the wide variety of personalities that our children expose us to (laughs) every hour of every day. Yes. To include the middle of the night. Uh, Speaking of... She just gave me the signal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agree. It is bedtime. And so I want to wrap this up with just two more questions. Okay. So if there is someone out there who is interested in getting in contact with you, asking some questions about your experience, your time being in the Air Force as a spouse, as a wife and a mother, what's it like having somebody deployed or gone for training or whatever? If somebody wants to get in touch with you to pick your brain a little bit more, what's the best way for them to do that? Probably just through you, through the podcast. I live upstairs. (laughs) So... Just contact, you can, you can forward it on to me. Okay. Air Force Officer Podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Okay. Very good. Last question for you, Amy. What does it mean to be an officer? Oh, gosh. That's a loaded question. That's the point. Might I refer to you to the year of episodes on this podcast that can help you learn more about what it means to be an officer? Yeah. How many of those episodes have you listened to? Not that many. I'm really sorry. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) So from your perspective, based on your time in the military, having seen the things that I've been involved with and the other people that we've met and they've been involved with, what does it mean to be an officer? I think being an officer means that you can lead with a strong sense of right and wrong while also being flexible and forgiving and merciful to specific circumstances and supporting the people that are working for you and around you, while also helping those that you're leading to complete whatever mission, whatever goal that you have. But I think a big part of it is I don't know how to say it other than saying it's being Christ-like. It's leading through example. It's leading with the purpose of strengthening the individual and also strengthening the group as you work towards a goal. Yes? Sounds like you've listened to a a few more episodes than none. (laughs) (laughs) I've listened to one. I'm really sorry. (laughs) That's fine. You're a busy lady. I love everything that you just said. And I could not agree more. You are not only beautiful, but you are very smart. Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to reminisce with me and share your thoughts and experiences with the audience. I think that your time in the Air Force with me has had its downs but it has definitely had more ups than downs definitely and with the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday I am so grateful for the Air Force but I'm mostly grateful for the Air Force because of the time that I've had in it with you it wouldn't be the same without you I love you I love you Thanks, everybody. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Appreciate it.